Well, welcome to Mission in 5, the podcast, where we ask a handful of questions to ministry practitioners to learn more about who they are and where they see God moving in their community. I'm your host, Greg Mamula, and every week through my work with the American Baptist Churches in Nebraska and my ongoing writing projects, I get to partner with churches and ministry leaders. I'm always amazed at the many and varied ways that God works in our individual communities and when multiple churches come together for mission and ministry. So, that's the purpose of this podcast, to share the many things that God is doing and to meet some of the people participating in God's mission in Nebraska, across the country, and around the world. Pastor, author, and worship leader Glenn Packiam once wrote, Worship does not just reflect our faith. It is what shapes our faith. In other words, how we pray and sing corporately as the gathered people of God shapes our believing. Preparing each week to lead worship is a challenging task at the best of times. And since COVID pushed many of our in-person experiences online, the challenge has only been magnified. Yet we know that quality Christ-centered worship is really a feast for the heart and the mind and the body and the soul. We have all been challenged on how to best lead our communities of faith in meaningful worship moments. And that brings us to our special guest today, the worship team from First Baptist Church in Gardner, Kansas, and their senior pastor, Reagan Stoops. First Baptist Gardner is an American Baptist congregation in a neighboring community of Kansas City. Pastor Reagan and his volunteer worship team of First Baptist Church have navigated this new online worship landscape well. So I invited them to come on the podcast as an encouragement to us and guide us through their experience of the last year. It has not always been easy, as it has not been easy for any of us. But they have found creative ways to lead their community each week with high-quality, interactive worship feasts each week. Now, one of the big learnings of the last year has been that consuming religious content is not the same thing as participating in a Christian community. So during our conversation, we talk about the challenges of strengthening a community during COVID. We discuss the technical and theological aspects of leading worship in a new normal of hybrid online and in-person worship experiences. And my hope is that we are all encouraged and that we can maybe learn a few tips and tricks to help you lead worship both in person and online. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to First Baptist Church Gardner's website, their social media pages, and their YouTube channel so that you can see for yourself uh, all the things that are discussed in this episode. Special thanks have to go to Matt Wilkinson for mixing the vocals of First Baptist Church Gardner for us. All right, here we go. A conversation on worship both online and in person with our special guests, First Baptist Church Gardner, Pastor Reagan Stoops, Matt Wilkinson, and John Porter. Yeah, thanks, Greg, for having us. Um, I'm Reagan Stoops. I'm I'm the pastor here, as he told you, and I've been in Gardner at First Baptist for just now four years, and um, so have been serving this congregation, getting to know this this uh, group of people, um, just in time for uh 2020 to hit us all so uh it's it's uh that part's been interesting um but uh so we've been here at in gardner for four years i've got a wife and three boys and um glad to be here all right very good and i'm uh i'm john porter i'm one of the uh 
worship ministers here at church. Um, yeah, I've been going to this church, First Baptist, all my life. I actually was wow. raised right across, uh, right across the parking lot uh, where Reagan lives. Where I now. live. <laughs> so um, yeah, my dad and mom were both pastors here, um, and they retired, and I uh, stayed because this is where my church family is. This is uh, where I feel like I'm supposed to be. And uh, while my mom was here, she was also the choir director and then also the worship uh, worship director as well. So um, she kind of got me started in forced me to play saxophone in band and then she started kind of trying to get us to play saxophone in the worship team at that time and, uh, and then I kind of picked up um, other instruments along the way and as uh, kind of uh, music styles changed in our congregation uh, I started kind of taking more of a leadership role and picking songs and uh, so I've been doing that for who knows how long now <laughs> so yeah I'm uh, Matt Wilkinson, and I'm the newest of the group by a few months, yeah. anyway. Um, been here just under four four years at this point. And uh, my wife and I started attending here shortly after uh, Reagan uh, became the pastor. We had known him prior to, uh, to his pastorship here at this church. And uh, didn't take very long uh, after beginning to attend here that... Uh, John roped me into uh, helping out with some music now and then, playing the piano now and then, and uh, just couldn't get enough of it. Was really enjoying playing with the band, and um, you know, we—it's—it's uh, it's all kind of history from there. Uh, a couple years ago, I was asked to participate as the traditional uh, music director, and so. Uh, Pre-COVID, I was in charge of p picking the hymns, leading the hymns, and uh, and working with the pianist and organist on all of that. And obviously, a lot of that's changed over the last year. It's kind of become more of a, a singular-focused group effort. Um, but it's been a, a great experience. It's been a, a fun challenge for me, and uh, happy to happy to be a part of it. Happy to call it my my home here at this church. Yeah. So. The way, the way it worked here was the last, a, a few years ago, we had an opening for music director. Of course, it opened up after John's parents retired several, a few years back, but had, an, had that position open up again, and, and we decided that um, we had these, these talented musicians that with the ability and um, willingness to serve, and so rather than filling the position you know, with a with a staff person, we decided to really break it into these two. We had a traditional service and a contemporary service, and um, you know, put Matt in charge of that of leading the worship of the traditional service. Put John in charge of leading the contemporary service. Um, and then what's been cool is they they always communicated well with each other and worked well together. Um, and so uh, I I feel like it was. A quicker almost union of their work together even though we were separated in style and worship yeah. service a lot so uh, that was always cool John was always super helpful especially in background stuff in the early service and the t traditional service Matt still often played in the contemporary service with the band that John leads and uh, so um, that was how it worked until COVID hit and then they've been doing it differently since
Were the two services already established when uh, Pastor Reagan arrived at the church? We started having two services a long time ago, and they weren't varied by uh, by music or style. It was just because a lot of people, uh, we just had two different services because the amount of people coming. And then gradually it changed uh, to where um, we decided to kind of break out and try new music styles in one and then the other. So that's been going on. We've had two services for a long time, but uh, yeah, the uh, <clears throat> uh, worship style has been different for probably, I'm um, guessing maybe like 15 years or so in the two different services. COVID happened in March, 2020, uh, changed everybody's life and all churches have been trying to find creative ways to keep their community connected. Um, let's just start there. What are some of the creative ways that you've tried to keep uh, connected with the congregation of First Baptist Church Gardner? Um, it's been tough. And uh, so when we shut down, the focus was, um, one, how do we serve our people and maintain some communi community and communication with our people that we weren't seeing when it was shut down. The second was how do we serve the community still when we're not doing the things we've always done. Um, the first one honestly was probably harder than the second. Um, we, uh, not in terms of the worship service stuff when we went all online, that, that moved rather smoothly, but um, you know, the challenge of making connections with our church family uh, was tough. Our deacons tried to help take on that challenge of just connecting with people. Um, but some of the key things we did, obviously, other than going online, was just consistent um, social media and YouTube presence from check-ins weekly to some kid program stuff that we recorded. Um, and then one of the big things for us was trying to serve our people that don't do internet. And we had... You know, we have a handful of people that have no computer, you know, no internet, so they can't go online and watch the service. And so we uh, started um, purchasing just cheap Kindle Fire tablets. And uh, part of my rounds every week was taking um, taking the, the worship service and all the other things we did throughout the week that we recorded and uploading them to their tablets on Monday every week so they were able to watch the service there in person on their tablet. Um, well, that's a great idea. So yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it, it was interesting when it all rolled out, you know, like Reagan mentioned, it was kind of, the easy part was figuring out how to put something together for YouTube or for Facebook. I mean, it was, yeah. it's challenging. It continues to be challenging. It's a lot of work, but you know, we needed to put a service together. We put a service together. The harder part is, you know, where do, what do we do with everything else being absent from church? And how do we continue the ministry throughout the week and throughout the months? And um, I, I know I and I, I think all three of us and our board of deacons were all just, you know, stressed and scared and nervous and uh, probably especially Reagan. But it was interesting as, you know, the, the months progressed, um, all the new ministry opportunities that just popped up out of nowhere. I mean, we didn't have to think way too hard about a lot of things before opportunities just started presenting themselves. I mean, phone calls with uh, elderly members of the church um, turning into requests for grocery runs and things like that. And it's like, hey, there's a ministry opportunity that we haven't really 
handled a lot before and now we've got a golden opportunity with a lot of people and so you saw a lot of things like that and and that that spurred into some other ideas and uh you know it, it's it's nice when those things present themselves but it's been a continuous uh you know i don't want to say struggle though it's been hard but a a project to uh you know continue to find ways to keep the communication lines open um you know because we still i mean a year later now there's yeah. there's half our church maybe more that hasn't stepped foot in this building yeah. and we miss them and it's still really hard to figure out how do we reach them yeah and that's one of the things that i've kind of um recognized especially of late is that uh rel- consuming religious content does not equal community right um, and so you've got to do those things. It's not just like you said, throwing up something on a website, hoping that it feeds people. You've got to do all these other things as well in order to maintain the community. So good job for that. And I appreciate you guys sharing that, but let's do talk about a little bit of the content. Um, tell us how you made that first transition, um, in the COVID in order to kind of coordinate, um, worship services. Cause I know that they've matured to where they are now. But let's talk about that first step. What was that like? You remember that first first yeah. uh, weekend? So we were we were the first church I know of that that canceled. Yep. It was uh, the week before we had gone to you know we I think we killed the uh, shaking hands with each other mm-hmm. the week before because it was like this was starting to be a concern. We were starting to pay attention to this thing was coming to the to the U.S. and. So I remember that week before I was in church and I carried my coffee cup in my right hand so that would force me to not shake hands with people because we were intentional about not doing it. Well then, it was you know Friday night, I think, before um, the next week and, and uh, we started to see this is a real concern and so we had an emergency meeting of the deacons on Saturday, I think, and, and canceled our service. And, and so then that turned into these guys and I meeting over here Saturday night and figuring out how to put together a fully online worship service um, for the next day. Wasn't it Saturday? Did yeah. we do it on that day? So it was Saturday night, it was a long night. It was a long night. And it was, and like we made a blooper reel because it was so bad <laughs> trying to... You know, just it felt. I felt stupid talking to the camera. So uncomfortable. It was so, and especially with people around, like with them. And we're trying to. Luckily, they have great tech ability with recording. So, like, figuring out how to record it was fine. You know, um, but it was hard. Yeah. One of the uh, one of the kind of fun things about that that first night. I mean, besides the unknown and this new challenge. You know, if, I, if I've got a challenge presented to me and it involves music and being with people that I enjoy hanging out with, I'm excited for that challenge. But it was a challenge, and one of the uh, one of the things that I was really excited about pursuing that first night was we've struggled um, in the past of, of producing really good audio for online consumption uh, just through you know generic YouTube streaming and stuff like that. And that was the first night we got to pre-mix it and really present something that we knew was gonna sound really good. And I think we were all kind of excited for that. Yeah. And that it, two days maybe after that first video went live, we started getting things saying, hey, that sounded really good. And uh, you know, that was exciting. It was fun to see something successful right away. And um, I don't know, I mean, that was, uh, 
it, it was a, a, a challenging night, but it, it turned into, you know, something that's just grown and grown. And I, I'm glad it, it didn't remain what it was. I'm glad that, you know, we were able to continue to fine tune it into what it's become now. And I think it, it continues to be something that we fine tune week after week. Yeah. I mean, I, I know for me, um, if, if, if you have to film on an iPhone and it's a little grainy, uh, but you have a way to get good sound, then it's, it's watchable. You know, yeah. uh, sometimes the sound makes all the difference. I'll take a lower quality video for better sound, uh, and the YouTube, but that's just a personal preference. Oh, totally. Right. Well, and we had been live streaming for about a year. Okay. Primarily for, um, like those in care facilities that can't be with us. And so, sure. um, it was not good. No. <laughs> like we we bought we you know a, a inexpensive camcorder and we're streaming through a computer and it would shut down a couple times a stream and it compressed the sound really badly and we weren't sure what was causing that trouble. So we thought as soon as it went fully online and nobody's in church, like we can't put that out there. That can't be the thing that we are giving to our people because. No one's it's, gonna watch it. It's awful. <laughs> yeah, like it's just it. not. It it doesn't doesn't help. You know, doesn't give what we want to be out there. And so that's why we we decided right away we're just pre-recording. Yeah. We're we're gonna do this ahead of time. Uh, let's talk about the pre-recording then. Um, yeah. I know that you pre-record your sermons midweek or late in the week. Um, you certainly prepare uh, the songs in advance at this point because you've turned many of them into like music videos and these sort of things. Um, and then you do the children's church earlier, and then you also have scripture readers in advance and those sort of things. So uh, what's that process like and how far ahead do you have to think? Why don't you guys start with the music stuff? Cause you think probably way further ahead than I do. Go for it. It's kind of gotten a little bit more relaxed now that we have kind of a library of songs. Yeah. So instead of having to do two videos a week, now we can kind of chill out and kind of take our time. I think the biggest deal is the time crunch with everything that kind of uh, makes you nervous. But really what happens is I think a lot of times uh, Reagan will send us what he's gonna be doing a sermon on and we'll kind of take that and maybe pick songs or uh, stream to that, but as far as uh, video-wise, um, just inspiration from kind of everywhere, what you've seen in the week or different things like that. Uh, hey, that would be kind of fun to do a worship video off of that. Um, I don't know. It just, they just kind of pop in there and you want to do them. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, on a perfect week, I start working on the music, you know, Monday or Tuesday, and then maybe start on the video, you know, editing it or even shooting it sometimes later in the week um but you know this week i started on a little bit this morning and i'll finish the rest tonight it's got to go out <laughs> tomorrow morning and that's honestly for me that's been the way a lot of the weeks have been um and uh you know fortunately i think you know sometimes i'll, I'll have a, a video go out that's got multiple camera angles and multiple instruments and other times it's one camera pointed at me playing the piano and, and that's okay, you know, it's yeah. good to have the variety part of it too, I think, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it depends on the week for me. And sometimes it gets a little frustrating as well, because I remember we've shot some videos and we've worked hard on some, and then you take them back and you start editing them and you're just like, that's just not gonna work. It doesn't work. It's just not gonna work. And um, sometimes it can be discouraging, but at the same time, it's really, really rewarding whenever you have something that um, is glorifying to God and other people can, uh, worship too as well yep. and uh, yeah like I have to go home and start on mine yeah <laughs> I mean starting on last night sat down I was like eh, I don't feel like doing it yeah yeah <laughs> well and what's cool is they like 
I think John, you started doing this early on, and I would have never imagined it, but he started doing other things other than just videoing himself singing the song. He started just, right. you know, one of them was early one was the record player playing the mm-hmm. record, and what you saw other oh than goodness. the words was this just record player playing and. I think was a little easier on time in terms of putting the video together. So when you were, you know, because these guys are not only, you know, editing these like professional looking videos, they've are, they're also recording the professional sounding song, you know, and in many cases, multiple instruments. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, this is on top of regular jobs. Let's remind everybody, you're not full time church staff, people giving your whole lives time and energy to this. You have other jobs, right? I mean, t- let's just remind everybody what your jobs are. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I work for the railroad, actually. I work for Amtrak. And as of about halfway through this last year, I, I took a position where I'm traveling all over the Midwest almost every week uh, in multiple states. And well, that's been a challenge time-wise because usually I get back sometime Friday afternoon. And so it's Everything happens Friday evening. It's also been kind of exciting content-wise because I might be out on the train or out on the road somewhere and see a shot that I'm like, hey, I'm gonna use that for a video. Whip the camera out and record for a little bit. And you know, and that's that's produced some of uh, some of my favorite content. And so that's that's been fun. Yeah. I, I work at Garmin in Olathe. I just work on the manufacturing floor, uh, building airplane stuff. But yeah, that's. I don't really want to talk about that. It's so we need, we need a time lapse of the airplanes being built to your next video. Yeah, there you go. Well, build, build little instruments to go on the yeah, airplane. It's GPS. Not the <laughs> um, so in terms of the timeline for the rest of the services, basically they get me their stuff on Saturday sometime. Sometimes before, but I don't do anything with it until Saturday. So um, my timeline typically is, uh, you know, normally I am a... I am a procrastinator extraordinaire when it comes to sermon preparation. And so I work on it through the week, but nothing, traditionally, nothing comes together till Saturday night. Um, that's always been my my workflow. And, um, you know, now what this is, has forced me to do is, of course, I have to not only finish it, but then also record it ahead of time. Um, so there's no waiting till Saturday night to finish putting my sermon together. It's um, on an ideal week, I have contacted somebody in the church early in the week, sent them uh, some scripture to read and asked them to record a scripture and get it to me by Saturday. Um, I On an ideal week on Thursday, I finish my, my sermon preparation and I go ahead and record it on Thursday afternoon. Um, and then every Saturday at one o'clock, I have a Zoom call with our children and that's when we record our children's message. Um, but those are ideal weeks. Most weeks, like this week, uh, I'll be finishing up my preparations tonight and recording tomorrow morning uh, before I have the children's message with the kids at one o'clock. And then I'll spend the afternoon compiling all the things that I get from them and from what I've done and from the you know people that I've asked to record video. Uh, for the scripture and put it all together and upload it so it's ready to go. So um, it, it's a process and it all depends on, you know, sometimes these guys are like, 
I'm working on it. It's, it's you know, because rendering problems and videos didn't don't work out. And sometimes that pushes their stuff later. Sometimes I get a scripture uh, video that uh, was videoed in portrait mode instead of landscape, which is the bane of my existence. <laughs> and I have to edit those down to make them widescreen instead of vertical. And, and uh, we make, you know, those little things. Remember Dude. one video I got finished with, and I was just about to send it to you, then my computer crashed, and I didn't save any of the words. Uh, so I had to go back through and do all the words. Like, ah! That was the worst. So yeah. tedious. Yeah. I, I, one of my favorite parts of the videos in general, actually, is is the one of the congregation members sending in the scripture video. Because oftentimes it'll be someone who I haven't seen in a long time. You know, yeah. Reagan will frequently tap uh, people that aren't coming to church because they're uncomfortable with COVID or, or for whatever reason. And so it's it's really nice to be able to see them. And uh, something you may not be aware of is uh, Reagan also uses those videos to play during the service, our, our in-person service yeah. on Sunday mornings too, okay. which is great because again, these people may not be in church. And so we're getting a, a chance to see and hear from someone that you know we might not have seen for the last year. Yeah, and we have way more participation that way because, I mean, people are reading for a video when they would never come forward in church and read live because they're too nervous. Right, yeah, and and almost no one, yeah, almost no one has said no to me when I've asked them to do it. Um, now, some I haven't asked because I know that, like, technologically, they're not going to be able to get it to me, um, you know, or, or, or make it happen. But um, anyone I've asked has, has been willing to do it because... If they mess up, they just do it again, and all they send me is the part that works. And so, you know, you don't have to worry that you're going to mess up in front of a bunch of people. So we have a we've had a great variety of people. And then, like Matt said, in our in-person worship, we play the children's message and the scripture reading videos rather than doing them live. So those two pieces are are from the the online version. Okay, so. Um, what I'm getting then is that you guys are doing kind of a hybrid thing. There are some people who are still pretty much exclusively online. You do have a Sunday in-person gathering at this point. Um, so is your sermon and um, other things that aren't pre-recorded, like the children's sermon and the, and the Bible reading, are, are those live or do you play those videos as well? No, um, the music. Uh, so Sunday mornings we are doing. We used to have two services and Sunday school and breakfast. Right now we have one service, one hour, and actually we try and keep it even under an hour. We've pared it down a lot. It is a blended service. So each of these guys are responsible for two songs in that service as well. Um, so we try and do a couple traditional, couple contemporary, but still like John has really pared down from a band to just kind of him and sometimes the two of them doing you know, acoustic worship. And we, we really are trying to have fewer people involved with coming up front, moving around. We want to put people in, in places where they're socially distanced and there's not a lot of overlap of space. And so that's why we don't do, you know, having somebody come up and read scripture, you know, that's somebody else talking into a microphone. That's somebody else coming forward, sitting down, passing by people. So we do those things, but the music, so these guys not only are recording their music videos and, and creating them, they're also leading live music on Sunday morning for that service. And then, um, you know, the, the rest of the elements of the service, so a time of prayer, 
uh, announcements and my sermon, that's all done live. Okay. So that's, that's really interesting to know because you are then doing a live in-person op- option that's socially distanced and, and that sort of thing Yeah, uh, with limited movement. So you're not getting a lot of people moving around, but you do have live music and live preaching. Yeah. Um, so what you see on the video isn't necessarily uh, a mirror of the Sunday morning service. You've created something unique for the online experience that is separate from the in-person experience. And I think that's something to, to think about and to, um, for our churches to consider that just filming your live Sunday morning service um, doesn't necessarily make for great internet uh, interaction and great internet action doesn't create great in-person experiences. That's right. Right. And so you've kind of navigated that is, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, we've tried. And it, you know, what started with, Hey, our live streams, bad quality. So let's pre-record. really what I, th- I feel like we've learned is, Live live streaming the way we've typically done it is just a bad experience, even if the quality was better, Mm -hmm. because it puts you as a fly on the wall, not as a worshiper. Um, You're watching other people at worship. You're not actually involved. And and the the people that are leading are leading those, you know, live people. They're not leading you at home. And, And so I really value the way that we've done it for people in their homes because I'm talking to you, not to these people in front of me. Um, when, you know, they're creating these worship experiences and these music videos for the purpose of people watching it at home. And it really is different than just sticking a camera at the back of our sanctuary. Um, and so that's one of the things we're talking about, and I know we'll talk about in a, in a bit too, going forward and what the future looks like, we have to find a way to bridge those gaps when it comes to live streaming too. Yeah. Well, very good. Is there anything else about this experience that we haven't talked about you want to kind of share? Uh, maybe maybe real briefly, not to get too down into the nitty gritty, but um, what's maybe some of the equipment you're using or ways that you're creating the videos and creating the YouTube stuff? Um, I mean, Reagan, you're clearly the one that that puts it all together at the end. Yeah. Um, is there like a really simple software you're using to do that? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no such thing as simple, good video software, as far as I know. Um, no, what, what I use um, is uh, uh, Cyberlink Power Director, and it is one of m- many um video editing programs and it's one i'd used before and so it's just kind of grown but again what i'm doing is pretty simple compared to what they're doing i'm just compiling and putting it together and and those kinds of things so it's it's really not too hard and it's really gotten to be not very time consuming the thing that takes me the longest is just editing my own sermon video as opposed to you know plugging in all their stuff is is easy yeah, and I, I use, um, I've been doing a lot of computer graphics stuff for a while already, so I, I use Adobe Premiere Pro to do the video stuff and things like that, and um, it, Adobe is uh, kind of pay monthly, so it's not like it's crazy expensive if you want to go get something like that, and if you want to learn it, 
there's all different kinds of YouTube videos and tutorials that you can get on, and they make it very, very easy for somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. I mean, it's yeah. it's very, very accessible, and the price point, I think, especially if you're going to do a monthly subscription, is not not too crazy. Yeah. Um, I started off for my videos using something cheap, maybe even free, I don't remember, that I found online, and about two weeks in, I'm like, I have to stop this, because not only did they not look great, but it was, I was, I mean, very difficult to use. They're not intuitive at all. So I reached out to John. I'm like, what are you using? Because I've got to do something differently. So I also use Adobe Premiere Pro for the video aspect of it. Um, I've been using Pro Tools for the audio side of things for the last 15 years or so. And it works well for my, for my needs. What do you use? Uh, Audition, I think. I use Audition. It's another Adobe one. Yeah. Yeah. And I probably should be using Adobe, but... I already paid for the year of Power Director, and <laughs> so it's it. a little bit less expensive than Adobe, even though Adobe I think is the standard. And and it, you know if you're going to pick one, go get that one. I or, would say. Or Final Cut Pro um, is really simple. Yeah. Is this right. something the church covers, or is this like kind of your guys's donation to the church, and you've bought this software yourselves as musicians and leaders? I I would have it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so. I've gotten to a point now. I did. I, I started paying for my own subscription a couple weeks in, and you know, started off as I'll do this, you know, on my own. The church doesn't need to pay for my equipment. Um, but now that I've, I've kind of vested in it and enjoying it, um, even if we stop utilizing it weekly, I'll have to keep messing with it. I'm having too much fun, and it's 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 a joy to do. It really it's is. just like yeah. I mean, yeah. And that's something that probably is. Um, something that that go that even our people don't have a clue is how much this has affected um i i know both of them have invested their own money in equipment too that has changed over the course of this year well it excites me i'm ex always excited to buy more gear it doesn't right. excite my wife yeah yeah whenever i'm like i want this and she's like ah. i don't know any musician who doesn't need another something yeah, exactly it never ends right, right? so it, it's ends. been a great excuse to buy a whole bunch of new stuff <laughs> yeah that's it. what we just chalk it up to yep. this is this is why you can talk your wife into buying a keyboard <laughs> mm -hmm. or a new camera yep. Uh, or maybe a gimbal. Yeah, yeah, something. Mm -hmm. Something. Fingers. I'm working on using it to get a drone, but Katie hasn't gone for it yet. <laughs> you make great videos with a drone. Right. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think that's a good thing, again, to hear is that um, everybody's kind of doing their own way and kind of donating their own time and equipment. And, you know, there's people do what's comfortable for them, right? There's just not a universal square box. Everybody has to use the same thing all the time in order to make it work. You can compile lots of different things from different places in order to create a video, uh, as long as everybody knows how they're using their own stuff. What's next? How, how do you continue to move more into in-person as that becomes available and then continue to have this very effective online presence? That's the question. <laughs> I think it's important to realize that even after, uh, if um, whenever all this stuff kind of is over, becomes normal, things are never, ever going to be the same again, especially for a church. Um, uh, recognizing that uh, even before COVID, church attendance has been going down nationally and everything like that. Um, this kind of probably brought it even worse. Um, the fact that uh, churches are going to have to become multi-platform anyway we're going to continue to um, 
have to understand that. And I think that it's important to realize that um, just because somebody is not sitting in a pew doesn't mean that they're not part of your community, that they're not part of your body, and that uh, we can still connect um, that way. So moving forward, we're probably going to try to um, make it so it's easier on us three going forward so we don't have to continuously make new videos every week and then uh, Reagan doesn't have to continually record his sermon in front of a camera, but he can at least just be able to say it because it is a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think that uh, it's opened up our eyes to more opportunity. Yeah. I think instead of shutting down, churches need to realize this is an opportunity to reach people because people are online all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then uh, also, um, the, it's really, really gives people great joy to see um, faith acted out in a new way. Because I think that uh, Christ makes all things new. And um, I think that whenever we kind of expand our horizons, I think that that gives God great pleasure and joy. Um, Even in the midst of a a pandemic, I mean, it's been incredible and a blessing, I think. I I agree. I think it's, you know, I I think it's going to be essential at some point that we find a way to, uh, to bring things more to a live focus, a live stream focus. Again, like he said, to make things a little easier on us. I, it's not a sustainable model what no. we're doing right now. I mean, no. it'd be very difficult to pass on to someone else if one of us was to go somewhere else. And uh, so, you know, there's works. We, we have some stuff in process. Um, we've been working with an outside consultant to help us get our, our streaming uh, to where we want it. And that's that whole process is moving. But at the same time, you know, um, one of the things that I've always enjoyed about Reagan's sermons is he, he has a he enjoys using a multimedia presence, whether it's a video um, or something like that, interactive. You know, people of all ages enjoy it, stuff like that. This has opened up more opportunities for that because I know definitely the two of us and Reagan as well um, have this newfound love for video editing and creation that we didn't necessarily have a year ago. And so when we don't have to focus on putting out four music videos a week, we'll be able to focus on some other, you know, multimedia things for, you know, the church in general, whether it's a video that is played during the sermon or something for VBS or something for, you know, any other part of the ministry. I'm really excited to see how that works. And then at the same time, you know, we do need to make sure we continue to focus on our online presence because I personally have some relatives out on the West Coast who, as you know, we started sharing these these uh, online services on Facebook and stuff, started watching them, and now for probably the better part of the last year, have watched them religiously every week. And I hear, I, I hear what they, yeah, <laughs> I hear what they think about it, and I hear you know thanks for the ministry and stuff like that from people who have never attended this church in person, never yeah. will attend this church in person, but this is now a ministry that they look forward to every week, and so we, you know, I think we're in a sense, maybe obligated to continue a little bit of what we're doing there. Yeah, we, yeah, we, uh, we have had a, a lot of engagement from those outside of our, our own church community. Um, and that is cool. Uh, and um, an, a real opportunity to, again, do, do what we're called to do, share the love of Christ with people, regardless of if they're technically a part of our church body or not. And um, that's something that, yeah, I hope will continue. We also want people to, when we can, we want people to come back and we want to have community because, like you said before, 
the point isn't to consume content or or to you know watch cool music videos or listen to a sermon the point is community those things help us to create that community as we worship christ together and so you know our website said from before the pandemic our website said uh, when you went to the video page you could live stream or you could watch sermons or whatever and it said on there this is intended not for you to you know stay home and not be a part of a church community this is for you if you're sick or gone or whatever to be able to um keep up with what's going on with us uh but we want to see you and we want you to be a part of the community obviously right now that's been challenging and so this fills a role that we you know um we hope that people that are local and nearby will will want to build build community with us when this is all over but for now we still have about a third of our congregation is is coming on Sunday mornings. And so we have a significant amount of people that are not, you know, not here. And so this is our primary way. And so going forward, we're we're investing in equipment to make live streaming something that we can do that feels personal and and leading in worship for people that are at home also so that we do kind of keep that and not just put you as a fly on the wall in the sanctuary um but but actually can can engage and i think we all are on the same page with that and we've been talking about that extensively in terms of how do we invest in this going forward to be able to uh continue to do do live streaming well in a way that that uh, we feel good about once once everybody's coming back. All right, very good. So just so everybody knows, uh, how can they participate in worship with First Baptist Church Gardner? We put out uh, two different places that you can uh, worship with us. One is our Facebook page, First Baptist Church of Gardner on Facebook, and we, we upload directly there. Uh, those go live or go are are produced at 9 a.m on sunday mornings and so you can join us there the other one is on our youtube page also called first baptist church of gardner and you can uh go there as well at nine o'clock our worship services in person are at 9 30 and so people come here we're from 9 30 to 10 30 for now and uh, but nine o'clock our videos are available for people to watch uh, the other thing I wanted to mention that we're, we're trying to do, one thing is if you want to get a, a, a look at some of the insane stuff that these guys have done, we just made a tribute video for because we wanted to thank them for the, the amount of work they've done and just put that out recently. And so that'd be, that's a great thing. It's like 15 minutes long because they've done so much cool stuff. We, I couldn't cut stuff out, but it just gives you a glimpse of a lot of the different videos they've done. And there's, I mean, we have like Matt in multiple places in one video. We have uh, John in parts, and uh, <laughs> and one of my favorites is the is at Christmas time when John used our old flannel graphs and did stop motion video. And and video. yeah, that one was really neat. I, I enjoyed that one. I also like the uh, decorating of the tree. You know, getting it through the door and wrestling with all the stuff. That was pretty fun. Um, so what we'll do is, is just for everybody listening, um, we'll throw that stuff in the show notes and you'll be able to link into those. No problem. 
Well, and just this week, we've I uh, we've uploaded every one of their music videos to our YouTube channel as well, and made a playlist. So you can actually, if you use YouTube Music or just on YouTube, you can look for FBG Worship Music, and there's a playlist so you can listen to or watch their videos all in a in a playlist as well. So. We're excited to give people that chance too. Yeah, and I think that's something to consider. You know, when um, you know, one of the things we've learned with, as as worship leaders is is having that library. You know, these are the songs of this church, and um, even when they were hymns and hymnals, you only sung fifty of them probably. You know, year after year after year, and so creating a library that that includes videos uh, doesn't mean you have to build. 200 videos, right? You can build 75 or whatever over the course of years. And, and that just becomes your library and you add one or two every now and again. And the hard part is of course, creating that library, which is the work you've been doing. Um, but, but it'll be cool, you know, cause that'll be something you can draw on for several years from now. And uh, I, I think that's uh, the neat thing about it is that you don't have to um, make a new one every single week, you know, after a certain amount of time I mean, right, yeah. have up to this point, but going forward, that, that won't be the thing. That's why Christmas was like, Oh no, yeah. Yeah. we gotta do new videos every week. Yeah. Right. Very good. Well, thank you guys for coming on the show. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having us. Thanks Greg. A lot, this Greg. was a lot of fun. Well, thank you for downloading and streaming the latest episode of mission in five. Keep tuning in as we introduce you to the ministry practitioners engaging in God's mission through the local church in Nebraska and around our larger American Baptist community. Check out the show notes for contact information and links to our various guests. Subscribe to the podcast in whatever platform you like. Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play. We're in all the platforms. Whichever one you use, be sure to rate and review us so we know how you're enjoying the podcast. Send us ideas on who you'd like us to interview for future episodes. And feel free to support us through our abcnebraska.com PayPal link. Thanks, everybody, and have a great day.